0: how's it going it's going yep (laughs) i'm i'm pretty high (laughs) Uh, i'm also drinking so that's fun
1: (laughs) Uh, as as it should be Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my buddy Max Lyon. What up? Watch Rob Gobbs and immediately give our thoughts and post them on the internet for your listening pleasure. Although today we're not necessarily watching a Rob Gob <laughs> because it's 4:20, bro, <laughs> and the twentieth this- episode.
0: In the, the year, 20th in the year
1: yes. 2020. Yes. So lots of 20s coming at you, bra. Um, But since it's 420, that is a stoner holiday. So therefore, ergo, it is bromancing the stoned. <laughs> and, we're watch- and we watched a stoner movie. A favorite of mine, and, uh, as far as stoner movies are concerned, and just general movies. Uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle is what we're talking about today. <laughs> uh max live before we talk about the movie how are you doing i'm good good enjoying
0: uh (sighs) well we're recording this on a on a saturday morning um and i wanted
1: Eh, the morning-ish it's about to be noon well
0: yeah well i you know i watched the movie in the morning and and yes we got the the, we got the process started in the morning
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well you did unfortunately uh the, the legal materials that enhance being stowed who are not in my apartment currently. Uh, Chicago and <laughs> Illinois became legal this year on January 1st. Unfortunately, they did not think about how many people were really going to be trying to buy weed, so they've been constantly sold out or there's been lines outside the shops uh, for people trying to buy weed recreationally, and it's been an absolute train wreck monstrosity of a time trying to get weed so therefore i'm drinking beer
0: nice <laughs> taking a break from so. the tequila
1: well yeah you know as i as i mentioned i've as i mentioned to max before we started recording i've uh, well i think they'll probably be our cold open um but yeah had a lot of tequila over the last month and a half and haven't really changed up you know the the liquid that I've been drinking, so I'm gonna try a beer. Nice, and what beer is yeah, it? Ordered uh, Pat Blue Ribbon, they got a blue ribbon, PBR, the classic. Uh, 16 ounce tall boy, <laughs> boy, yeah, boy. let's go. Well,
0: I'm drinking as well. Um, I, I, I woke up, I knew we were doing this podcast episode, and I knew I needed to uh, get in the 420 spirit, so um. Well, you know. I lit a little bowl. So and yeah. <laughs> and uh let's just be real. And um Yeah. It's four twenty. It's had the legal. I, I would have not. shared. If we were together. Oh my if we God, were together, I would have shared so hard. But Yeah. Alas Unfortunately quarantine quarantine takes down another.
1: Yeah. Um
0: uh, but
1: if we're being if we're being real, this isn't the first bromancing the stoned episode that we've had it is for me
0: yeah. mom and dad <laughs> mom and dad just it is for me
1: <laughs> yeah who am i kidding it's like that, <laughs> it's, it's like that old weed commercial where the dad comes in and he's like where'd you get this how'd you how'd you learn this <laughs> I learned it by watching you, Dad. <laughs> I learned it by watching you. Oh, I,
0: I still okay. You know what? Uh, let's just jump right into a story, a, a personal oh, let's do uh it. 420 story. The first yeah. time okay, so I I grew up in we both we grew up in Oregon. I think you know this story. I think yeah. I told you. Um but, but freshman year at Oregon, right? Okay. I still had never smoked weed, I didn't even really know what it was. I was the goody two-shoes all throughout growing up and high school and everything. I was all about academics, and I never got into it. I never even drank before I was 20. It was the first time I'd ever even, like, gotten tipsy. Yeah. So freshman year in the dorms, I get my first, what I thought was my first exposure to weed. What I thought. (laughs) My buddy in the dorm comes over, comes past my room, and he goes, uh, "Max, I'm gonna go smoke in the bathroom. You want to? You want to join?" I'm like, "No, I, you know, go for it, but I'm not into it." So he leaves, and seconds later, I start smelling the exact same smell I smelled throughout my entire childhood when my dad smoked a pipe, like an old school cob pipe. <laughs> He smoked all my childhood. He had always had a pipe and I always thought it was tobacco. And then I smell it and I go, dad's here. Wait a minute. <laughs> because his, to-
1: his tobacco
0: had such a unique smell to it. Uh, you know, I was like, this is different. Grandpa's tobacco doesn't smell like this. You know, dad's tobacco is unique. So when I first smelled it, it immediately, the association was dad's here. You know, for 18 <laughs> fucking years, I'd been conditioned to think that this was synonymous with dad. And sure enough, five minutes later, I called his ass up and I go, dad, you son of a bitch.
1: <laughs>
0: and he just starts laughing oh. as I'm as I'm telling him, like, my buddy just went to the bathroom and smoked weed and I'd like your pipe and he's just fucking laughing. He's like, <laughs> it? it took 18 fucking years to figure it out. Like, God damn. <laughs>
1: yeah oh man yeah that's fantastic (laughs) oh man uh i had three older siblings so um yeah i i mean not to get too deep into my family's just my family background but um you know, I I grew up the same way where I decided I wanted to be sober. Yep. Um, as far as through high school and everything, just because my mom didn't drink or didn't smoke, she'd only been drunk once in her life. She'd never smoked weed, and she just wasn't that wasn't her her bag. She didn't like being out of control like that, and so she just never did it. And I was basically being raised by her and her alone. So therefore, ergo, I had the same thoughts of. Pro- thoughts go- going through high school um also my dad and my older brother they they weren't great drunks so <laughs> i was like oh well i'm kind of afraid i'll be a bad drunk yeah me. that's that's a safe and reason to avoid so, it yeah yeah and you, you learn that that's not the the situation so yeah i didn't have a, i didn't start drinking until uh the end of freshman year of college um mm-hmm. and then i had some margaritas and realized oh shit this shit's fun (laughs) so uh and yeah so never mind um and so i started drinking uh and then but as far as like we i didn't start smoking weed until mid to late 20s somewhere yeah yeah i think i was 25 Um, when
0: i first tried it
1: yeah i yeah i tried it like right i would say 2014 or 2015 um it was at a wedding. It was
0: at a wedding.
1: So, here, here's the thing. So what? That seems like on. such a hold stressful
0: on. environment to try your first time.
1: Hang on, hang on. Okay, so uh unless, unless the cake Tr- was inedible. No, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my buddy Trent. Uh, he and I've been friends since like sixth grade. Uh, he and I are still friends uh, to this day. Uh, we also have another buddy of ours, Tyler, who we've known since sixth grade. Like, I, I think they knew each other before I became friends with them through middle school. But
0: is that the Tyler um, we Tyler... went to Oregon with?
1: No. Oh, okay. Um, Tyler uh, basically was getting married. Uh, and it was, a, it was a second marriage for, for Tyler. So they didn't do a big hullabaloo, they just got married in the backyard of his new wife's house. Um, and so, like, her parents were there and, and like, other friends were there. So, it was a very chill situation. And basically, everyone in the house smoked weed. <laughs> so, um, so after the ceremony, everyone's drinking. I, I'm like, you know, I've been throwing back Coors Lights just because it's a summer day and it's just like, oh, it's a wedding. So, I'm just going to keep it, keep it loose, just drink of Coors Lights, whatever. And then in the garage, there's a big old smoke session amongst a bunch of people, including the bride, the groom, the families, like everyone oh, was just damn. there. Okay. So it so, was a yeah. safe environment. Yeah. So everyone's just like chilling in the the garage, just kind of, you know, smoking up. And then I go to hang out. And then when they pass it to me, this time I decide, fuck it, I'm going to go ahead and smoke it instead of passing it, which is a, my usual thought. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was already really drunk. So that basically like put me over the top to where I was just like, okay, I think I'm ready to go home. <laughs> like I'm just tired now, ready to sleep. Um, and then my buddy Trent was the DD. So, you know, he was like, I got gotcha. you. And, uh, and then before he, he dropped me off, I asked him to go to Muchas Gracias, which was the, <laughs> the Salem, Oregon. Oh, God.
0: It wasn't just Salem. So, we had one by Oregon, didn't we?
1: Uh, yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. I remember I that late low.
0: night stop. Oh my god!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I I got what I usually get, which is uh, a bean and cheese burrito mm. and an order of
0: tots. Mm. Solid. I just
1: remember, I remember being in the passenger seat uh, as we're riding to the Mujas Gracias. I fall asleep. My buddy wakes me up when we're in the drive-through. I make the order. I say order whatever you want, I got you, because you DD'd me. Uh, hand him my card. Like once we get the food, I go back to sleep. Then he wakes me up when we get back to my place. You know, I say what you know, <laughs> say thank you. I'll see you later. He gets in his car because he had parked at my place and then we'd gone in one car. Um and then I go into my room, I eat the food, and then go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like Oh, yeah, no, it was so like perfect. a complete and utter like munchy situation. <laughs> with, with, after after my first time getting high, so. Oh my god, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> that sounds
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, it was it was a it was a good experience. Oh um, you know, once again, shout out to my buddy Trent. That's a yeah. that's a
0: great first time for for smoking. That's. I agree. The first the first time I ever got high was when I went back I was living in Ohio at the time I just moved well not just moved but I had I had recently moved to Columbus for my first year grad school and that was the first time I'd ever been that far away from home so I flew back uh I think it was in the summer yeah it was summertime uh and I was I flew back to hang out with my mom and a couple friends before oh that's right I was gonna move to Chicago after that was right before i moved to chicago and uh i flew back and the first time i got high was around my mom (laughs) and one of my best friends and my best my 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 buddy at the time was a huge weed smoker so i was i knew i was comfortable getting high around him
1: wait was this the uh the co-story
0: yeah so
1: was it? Ke- was it? Keast yeah, it was Keist. It... it was,
0: and I think I invited you. You
1: telling me about this first time because yeah, yeah, I invite- funny, Oh, that's idea. right. I
0: I was like yeah. Keist and I are going to go out. To- okay, so long story short, my mom's friend has a condo on the Pacific Coast. Uh, over if for those of you who haven't been to Oregon, Pacific Coast in Oregon is is there's some beautiful scenic spots. It's not like LA Pacific Coast where it's beaches and and sunshine all the time there's a lot of like cliff sides and beautiful scenery. And mm-hmm. so my mom's friend had this condo that was perched up on a, a, a rocky cliff overlooking the waves. And it was, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, so my mom got it for, I think she was going to, her and her friend, were going to go and, and have like a gal's night there. And she's like, you should come with us. Bring, Bring your buddies, and we'll have like a fucking. This is my mother, ladies and gentlemen. Like, there, like we butt heads occasionally, but there are some fucking amazing things about her, and this was one of them. Um, so, my buddy and I, uh, his name is Keast. Uh, like, I call him Keist, His last name is Keast. Uh, we yeah. we grew up playing baseball together and, and everything. I invited him, and I invited Renee. Renee couldn't make it. Keist and I go out there. We're also drinking. And I'm smoking. So this is the first time I'm smoking and I'm also drinking with it. At first, the scenery was amazing. Oh, my God. Getting high to that shit was incredible.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then I think I smoked too much and I had too much to drink. And the two of them were combining. And it was experiences I had never had before all combining together. (laughs) to the point that my mom started getting worried about me because every time she came over she said i looked at her like a scared cat (laughs) and all i was was perched up in a chair in front of the windows overlooking the ocean at night okay so my mind goes from oh my god this is beautiful to all of a sudden racing about the possibilities of a tidal wave coming up and sweeping me out of the window Like that was the escalation of thought processes going on in my mind. It was, it was the most enjoyable and terrifying experience I've ever had with it. I finally passed out at like 4am, woke up the next day and was like, that was, I like, that was kind of a near death experience. I thought I was going to die, but let's do it again tonight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait. And then wasn't there like, – I think when you explained it to me, like, when you were telling me about the story, you were like – "I, you literally would do a bunch of stuff and, like, look out the window and you'd just be, like, you know, just freaking out and everything. And you'd, like, look out the window, look here, look there, do this, do that. And then after doing all that, you'd look at the clock and realize only one minute had gone by.
0: Oh, yeah. It felt like – I got through a period of the night where it felt like I was like dimensionally shifting every three seconds. It was ridiculous. It was like, it felt like every three seconds I'd be in the middle of doing something. And then all of a sudden it would like change realities and I'd be looking out at the water. And then three seconds later, I'd be like looking at Keith and he's sitting there looking at me going, dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Actually, no, to his, to his, uh, to, to his defense, he was very good about like taking care of me. He kept looking at me. He's like, "Are you all right, dude? Seriously, are you okay?" And eventually, yeah, I yeah. finally got it out to him, like what I was experiencing. He's like, "Oh yeah, that might happen."
1: So, He's like, "Just write yeah. so it I out. Had... You'll be
0: all right. You're here. I'm here. Don't worry about it." I'll, I'll keep yeah, you safe. Yeah,
1: I luckily had my my DD and Trent, you know, and and then you had Keys. It is
0: that's what you need.
1: All... You need. Uh, I found out the term for it uh, senior year of high school or not senior year of high school, senior year of college um, while working my student job of washing dishes. Um, there was this one guy who was talking about going to the country fair, uh, which was that summer thing in Eugene where everyone just went out in the forest. And, oh yeah. And
0: like, oh my God. And yeah. like
1: dressed, dressed up weird and basically like, took psychedelics and yeah. frolicked among, along the forest. Yeah, that was the that was the <laughs>
0: second most requested. I worked at Trader Joe's at the time, and that was the second most requested, yeah. quote-unquote, holiday of the year for Trader Joe's employees.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everyone was going to country fair. But uh, what this person that I was working with, he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to try mushrooms for the first time, but I got my anchor, is what he called it. And I thought that, that was, that's just the perfect term. So you got to have an anchor. Someone who brings you back down when you're too high. Yeah, that's a good word for it. So that's true. We had that's good true. anchors. Yeah. He he when I heard that term, he was telling the story about how his anchor had left him. And so he was oh at Country God. Fair I, high I, on Metro. Oh that sounds awful. Down. Yeah. He was like, it was a horrible experience. Holy <laughs> shit. I don't remember the guy's name, but I just remember we would always chat during work and it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Uh
0: well I'm that's that's what you need out of uh I just had a thought. This is a high thought, of course. Uh of course. but I had a thought that ties it back to rom-coms. Believe it or not.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Anchor is what you need out of a relationship. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. not, that's not mind-blowing at all. But when you put it into context with what we've just been talking about, the same goes for a relationship. Whoops, did not mute my phone.
1: <laughs> well, something happened in sports. Uh,
0: something finally happened something in happened. sports. Oh, we examined which MLB teams would, be, would have a better time at a shorter season. That's <laughs> not even happening yet. Get the hell out <laughs> of here. Don't get my hopes
1: up. Yeah, they just try to get your hopes up oh, because the Giants are supposed to suck this year. But God. hey, there's less games, so maybe they can get hot. <laughs> I'd rather
0: they just didn't play at all. Like,
1: yeah, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to suck anyway. <laughs> well,
0: Anyway, um, in a relationship, that's like you want to be able to experience a ton of shit together. But when worse comes to worse, that's, that's the best thing out of a relationship is having someone to lean on in like your, your most vulnerable moment, you Mm -hmm. have that other person to help you through it. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that goes, that really goes for any relationship. And that just, if anything, that solidifies that your significant other needs to be your best friend Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, no matter what shit you're going through or how much love is like passion is left in the relationship or love or whatever you need to still at the end of the day, truth deep down love each other like as equals as
1: it's the person
0: you... oh go ahead no that's, that's that's it go ahead cut in
1: yeah it's the person you trust the most at your most vulnerable
0: yes the person who knows everything about you best things absolute worst things about you and still, and still deals with the and still not only deals with your ass but still chooses to end every day with you. hmm That's the best partnership.
1: You know, I it was this was a failed joke. I couldn't figure out how to make turn this into a stand up joke, but like <laughs> the punchline was always love is so beautiful because love is you choosing to make your life infinitely more inconvenient. Just to aid someone's kind of. <laughs> That's not bad. That's what love is. It's like, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to give up all the shit I like to do and all the responsibilities I'd like to not do just to make sure your life is kind of better.
0: Well, I don't know. I kind of disagree
1: with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's, it. that's why it's a that's failed why it's state a, of joke. Well, it, Next, it's a fucking. It's, you didn't state. say it was You're a failed. Bring it back. You didn't to say finish. it was failed. Don't make me feel bad because I didn't finish writing it. I, well, that's I not failed.
0: It. Don't you ever Shush. consider an incomplete Shush. task a failure?
1: <laughs> nice. That's my response. Jesus. <laughs> so we watched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> a movie that is a that is considered a stoner film that has a very slight romance storyline but honestly is very deep in its own way and i will extrapolate on that shortly
0: so hit us with uh, the but... uh the
1: usual facts let's get in the mood here set the mood lighting so Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle is also known as Harold and Kumar Get the Munchies in the United Kingdom. Really? That is a fantastic alternate title.
0: I like that better.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a 2004 American stoner comedy film. uh, And uh, and this film was written by John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg and directed by Danny Leiner. Uh, it stars John Cho, who plays Harold, Cal Penn, who pays who plays Kumar, Neil Patrick Harris, who plays Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> and then the next two names are Anthony Anderson, who is the Burger Shack employee. Oh yeah. Who wants to burn this <laughs> motherfucker down. <laughs> I mean, I like to hear Anthony Anderson. Damn. I like I just I I would if I can just hear that once a day of just hearing Anthony Anderson saying burn this motherfucker down just the way he says motherfucker. Like is so good. (laughs) Um, and then Fred Willard gets the, the last spot listing. Um, he was the admissions counselor that Cal Penn answers the phone on at the beginning of the. Oh, right. What about,
0: um, Oh, damn it. What's his name? The guy from, uh, uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. No, not how to lose a uh, guy in ten days. Uh, ten things I hate about you.
1: Um, oh, uh, David Krumholtz. Yes, he does not get. He does not get a listing. What about him? Does, neither does uh, uh, Anthony K. Thomas. I think is his name.
0: Or, um, uh, Malin Atkinson.
1: Or Malin Ackerman. Um,
0: Ackerman. There we go.
1: Yeah, or Stephen Mer- Merloni. He's the one who plays Freak Show. He was also oh, yeah. in Law and Order. SVU. That's who that is? Yeah, I know. They've Holy shit. That. I know. He's hilarious. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, the movie was released July 30th, 2004. Uh, it, and what is the running time of the movie?
0: Mm, hour and
1: 25. Close. 88 minutes hour and twenty eight, nice, which is the perfect amount for a a stoner film or a film of this like it does not overstay its welcome the gags I mean if it was like even ten minutes longer it would be too long it is the perfect amount because the gags just start getting on your nerves by the time they get to the white castle then you're just like okay we're good yep Uh, it had a budget of nine million dollars how much did it make in the box office? $56. $23.9 million. <laughs> so it did make a tremendous amount, but it was a box office success as an alternate alternative option in the summer of 2004. That's so- true.
0: Summer is a tough, tough uh, yeah. season to... Yeah, it,
1: it was one of those like, hey, instead of going to see the latest superhero movie, like you know you can go see Spider Man or whatever the fuck, you could also just watch a stoner film. With Harold Kumar go to White Castle, starring two minority actors who played uh, <laughs> racial stereotypes in other teen films from earlier this decade. Because Harold John Cho oh, played yeah. the dude in American Pie who looks at Steffler's mom and calls her a milf. <laughs> um and then uh cal pen who plays kumar uh was taj was it taj or yeah it was taj in uh the van wilder van films hmm. yes all right so anyway um and then the biggest thing that i want to discuss with this film Rot Tomatoes gives this film a seventy-four percent. How? Seventy-four percent.
0: Oh, are you serious? How? 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 Right. How? Let me go. Oh,
1: out of like the other rom com, real rom com. How? How? Because you missed it, Max. You missed. You missed it. Anyway, let me go ahead and. Uh, Read. There's a critic who I, I really like. He used to be on Grantland. I think he's uh, he writes for the New York Times now. Uh, his name is Wesley Morris. Um, fantastic movie critic. At the time, it was written for the Boston Globe, and this was his review, uh, or at least a a portion of it. Uh, Silliness is the movie's only ambition, but there's something mind blowing about seeing a fratty comedy through two pairs of Asian American eyes, particularly when those eyes belong to actors who were token minorities in other dumb comedies.
0: Interesting. I had never and really then, thought of it that way.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Peter Travers, who writes for the Rolling Stone is also a, a you know, a well-known critic. Uh, he wrote, he, he certified it. He gave it a 3.5 out of four in Rolling Stone. And wrote, it's a multi layered goof on ethnic stereotypes.
0: I mean, I think they're shallow layers, but I'll give it that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, that's the biggest thing about this movie, and I think that's the reason I liked the movie so much. And like,
0: you know what? I never really thought of it that way. That's actually, see. Man, like this is the shit that I want you to bring, man. Like this is the stuff I want you to educate me with.
1: <laughs> and that's why I chose this movie for four twenty, and that's why I insisted upon it. I wanted to talk about this because this film is deeper than just the stoner comedy where there's a couple sets of boobs that you see and a bunch of weed smoked. Like you know, it's it like and there's a you know and there's fart jokes and dick jokes and and slurs that were okay in the early two thousands that aren't okay now. I'd seen it once well, before
0: they, and had, and honestly, never. I didn't remember the boobs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at our age at this point, yeah, you know, movie boobs aren't as yeah big time. But when when I first watched this when I was sixteen, I was well aware of the boobs that I saw. Um,
0: yeah, I, it, I think I just, watched it in my like mid twenties. So yeah,
1: yeah, I mean. Some and the 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 funny thing and sad thing about some of the jokes in this film is that they're still good, like they're still pre like good and relevant to today. Um, the big one being when Harold goes to jail.
0: Oh yeah, the other
1: African American man. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like I'm here because I'm for being black. (laughs) <laughs> and like,
0: and the way and he's then, like, "quote unquote" resisting arrest when they come in and break, yeah, his, yeah,
1: like stop resisting. We need backup. Yeah. And, then they, and then there's a fake shooting that's Ab- <laughs> uh, reported yeah. by Kumar, and then they went and they arrested a, another African American man who's in pajamas yeah. and has a sleep mask yep. on, and then and he's the one who tells Harold, "If are you." I just go ahead and yep. leave, <laughs> like because they just know this is what yeah. this is America for minorities.
0: At least the cops that got is, arrested for uh, uh, police brutality at the end.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like they had to get their comeuppance at the very end, and and also you'll notice that the the lawyer for the African American man was the guy who got arrested in his pajamas.
0: Oh, I did not notice that.
1: Yep, I've seen the movie multiple times. I own it on DVD, so I've seen. I I know things about this movie that. I mean, I knew that, he was. Like he I, I saw play
0: him play. present in the scene. I just didn't know what role he was playing.
1: But yeah, he was the he's the the quote unquote lawyer. Oh, okay. Like next to because okay. he's holding like a briefcase and things like that. So, um, yeah, it like that's just a microcosm of this movie because right before that like scene that's very that that says a lot i mean it it it's done in a very like silly slapstick way where they're all like yelling yelling things and he's just like got his hands up against the wall like already in the position and then they go and they're like stop resisting like it just the very broad comedy of it and then also right before that we saw a an extended montage of Kumar having a relationship with a bag of weed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Including a sex scene and domestic violence. Yep. So (laughs) this movie has, it was a risque
0: kind of movie actually. Now that you mentioned it,
1: a multi-layered goof on, on racial stereotypes. Peter Travers hit it on the fucking head with that. Because that's what this movie is. And there's just, there are so many things that when I first saw the movie, I thought were absolutely genius. And I watched it today and I still think they're absolutely genius. The way that they wrote Neil Patrick Harris at a time when Neil Patrick Harris was not popping, like everyone had forgotten about him. They call him Doogie Hauser in the movie because he's thought of as Doogie Hauser. Yeah. And after this movie, he then is in How I Bet Your Mother. He's then kind of, he becomes this huge, like, he he finally has all these, like, other parts, and everyone realizes, oh, wait, Neil Patrick Harris is a fantastic actor and just multi-talented human, and he kind of got back into the game through this lampooning of himself in this film. Hmm. Which is which is just incredible. I mean, the way that he says... <laughs> when, when, well, and the funny part about at the end when they see him at the White Castle, and, the, and they're like, dude, where's his car? Where's his car, dude? Yeah. That's funny because the director of the film is also the one who directed Dude, dude where's my car. car? Yeah. So, there's that. And then just the way Neil Patrick Harris responds, like, yeah, it, it it's in the parking lot. I I know it was a dick move on my part. <laughs> That's why I'm paying for the purse in the car. <laughs> just his response to the whole thing. So, like this movie, just the way that they could include things that were so prevalent and realistic and you know, pointed out in a way through silly comedy is exactly up my alley. Yeah, because it reminds me of another another media piece of media from that time, Chappelle show. Mm. The Same sort of thing where it's just like we we're, we're going to point out stereotypes
0: but we're going to do, do it in a funny manner. way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's it's the like, way to, gonna... that's
0: the way to actually I think make more of an impact like you exactly, you make light of it, but you also like you leave a, a a subtle subliminal message in the mind of the viewer Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, you laugh about it and laughter. Honestly, like some of your most potent memories are the happy ones and the comical ones in your life. So laughter is a great Mm -hmm. way to make a lasting memory and then Mm -hmm. to associate with that memory a subliminal but positive message that like, Hey, there's a deeper thing going on here that you need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a great way to do it.
1: And the thing with comedy is that they always talk about holding a mirror up to society. Like that's what comedy is supposed Mm -hmm. to be. And so I, I feel like that's the best way of saying it because if you like look at someone and you say, hey, stop doing that. The fuck's wrong with you? Why would you ever think that? Be, like, you're completely wrong for doing that. Even if they are completely wrong. Yelling at someone and telling them to stop doing something, it's just going to make them want to do it more.
0: Yeah. In one way or another, <laughs> yeah. A-
1: yeah, but if you find a way to hold up a mirror to them and say, this is what you look like when you do that. And everyone's laughing at you. And he, and then they have to do the internal, what the fuck am I doing?
0: Yeah,
1: that's gonna have a better chance of changing behaviors.
0: Yeah, that's true. Opinion. No, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, man. Which, yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out. I'd never really thought about Harold and Kumar that way. I'd always thought about it very one dimensionally. I know. Yeah, and then... I know Salem had a, a large Latino population. Well, I mean, for Oregon, uh, for Oregon yeah. standards, um, did you ever? Did your family ever deal with any sort of? I don't know, like racial or ethnic issues. Like, were you aware um, of that growing up, or was Oregon fairly sheltered for you
1: as well? Well, for me. Um and my sisters uh and my dad we're all light skinned. My dad is light skinned. Uh his even though his family comes from Mexico and he was the one who had the accent and everything else like that. Yeah, there's some albinoism that runs in his side of the family. So everyone's very light, very Spaniard looking. Mm-hmm very like got the the spanish influence
0: instead of the native influence yeah
1: exactly um my mom was dark-skinned uh and my brother jaime was also dark-skinned uh my brother jaime was the one who had the worst uh experience through school
0: Mm, because people could look at him and make a snap decision
1: yeah partly his own doing but partly because of you know just flat out racism and sure and everything like um you know like he was you know he he didn't take shit and he would let people know and he had a smart mouth and people wanted to feed him shit because of the color of his skin um so i'd heard stories about his experience through school i didn't have that experience myself well that's good um yeah, and by for me, it was mostly for being fat because I've always been a big guy. Um, so even then, that really? was more I mean... my that was more my, more my bag. Um, but even then, I played sports all through school, so I didn't necessarily get that that much either because I was athletic and could actually you know hold my own. Yeah, I was, I was gonna sport. say like so even people... even
0: throughout all yeah. the shit that you did in high school and and everything, like you still got really. People still fucking made fun of you for that. Me? Was more like
1: element elementary school and like middle school because there wasn't like school sports. And then by the time high school came around, like by the time like middle school, like eighth grade, is when it kind of turned around. and I wasn't necessarily so made God, fun of. Kids are
0: fucking brutal.
1: Yeah, you know, growing up, kids suck. Like, <laughs> like let's just let's just take but a step by, back
0: here and acknowledge that all of us, all of us, were dicks at some point for being kids. Because at some point, oh, yeah. one point or another, you're going to say some mean-ass shit. Or do some mean-ass shit. No matter how good a person mm-hmm. you are, it's going to be something. It's going to be something. Yeah. That's just part of being a kid. God. Ugh. All the people that say they would go back to to school. And if if I could go back in time with what I've learned now. Uh-uh. That still involves going back in time. Fuck that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That... <laughs> Yeah. So the other thing about this movie is that it does have a little tiny bit of a romance storyline. In this film.
0: Yeah. A very tiny one. A little tiny a one. Very a tiny little one.
1: tiny one. And that's between Harold and Maria, which in <laughs> which is one of the like better sight gags that I as a Hispanic laugh at, so it's okay. But um, what he has when harold has his hallucination mm-hmm. after he runs into a tree branch when riding a cheetah mm-hmm. which in and of itself is a weird fucking sentence to say. really, really <laughs> um, yeah it, the whole scene yeah yeah wakes up to the kumar whole scene, licking him
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> 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 yep um <laughs> but uh God, <laughs> but the thing when it goes and it shows the uh, the movie poster. Oh, at the, <laughs> like at the end, it shows it shows their names. Oh, like, I didn't notice up that on the upper right, as if they're the actors. So it says like Harold Lee, yeah, and then it says Maria, but I don't think he knows her last name. So it just said Maria, or no, no. Well, so it said Maria Quesa Dia. (laughs) (laughs) And it it put in these three names. Oh my god. It was was Maria (laughs) and then Quesa and then the bottom line was Dia. Oh my god. It's like it's so I always laugh my ass off at that gag, even though it's kind of racist. The whole movie's oh. kind of racist, but at the same time, with like they buy that goodwill with the way that they present the oh racism. Oh, my God. But that side gag always makes me laugh. So uh, the, the storyline between Harold and Maria Quesadilla is... <laughs>
0: oh, my God. That actually made me... that I was the one coughing for once. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That that was fucking hilarious. I had no idea. (laughs) I wish I'd seen that now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's something to look out for if you watch the movie again. Oh, my God. um, Yeah, so I like... I mean, along with all the, the racial stereotypes that we've talked about within the film, the other thing I like is just how throughout the film, when they're alone and or... Like, the way that they talk is very self-assured. Like, they know what they want to do. They're very, you know, very cool, like, guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, the way that Kumar talks to Harold on the phone at the beginning. Like, no, I got the finest quarter of herb in (laughs) New York City that we're going to smoke, yada, yada. All that sort of stuff. But when they get put into social situations... Especially with white people, but just social situations, you realize how much of an underdog they are, how much shit gets flung upon them, right. and how all of a sudden all that bravado goes away. So it's just fun; it's a fun thing to see how these like guys are underdogs in like social situations, but then they're like, but then they're lions when they're together, and they keep getting fucked over. And then finally, they start standing up for themselves throughout the film, and it kind of starts when Kumar initially gets in like the flinch fight with the extreme dudes at the at the. Oh yeah! After they do the extreme kayaking or whatever. Oh my god! And then, and then when that they was finally like that was like the car.
0: entire town of Philomath.
1: Oh yeah! Like that all that was missing was Mountain Dew. 100%. That makes
0: so much. Oh sense. Oh my god! I like. <laughs> I felt so. <clears throat> like, oh, I related so hard to those guys.
1: Yeah. I, as a victim, watched, not as a,
0: a participant.
1: Yeah. I watched the streaming version and not the unrated extended cut, which I have on DVD. But the one in <laughs> the extreme or the unrated cut, there's a couple like jokes that they cut out of the main film that are funny with those extreme dudes. Really? Um, yeah. So. There's one part where, like, they extend after the kayak thing. Um, <laughs> the guy, or the guy in the beanie, who like yells like extreme chatter. <laughs> um, there, like after the kayak thing, he goes like on a scale of one to extreme, I give that a nine point seven, which makes no sense because you don't know what numerical value extreme is. <laughs> <laughs> like so so like i understand why they cut that joke out but that's a funny fucking joke right there yeah, good. Uh, and then there's another one where when they steal the car and then the guy goes that was so not extreme um uh, the guy responds you're right extreme bro number two you're right <laughs> <laughs> like he, he calls him the name he is on like the the call sheet yep But he's just extreme bro number two. And so like in the extended uncut, he's like, you're right, extreme bro number two. You're right. (laughs) Um, And I always thought that was funny as well. Anyway, uh, but... uh, (laughs) So going back to that whole underdogs and then learning to stand up for themselves sort of thing, that really shows itself in the love story between Harold and Maria. Just from the first elevator ride and how in his head and the bravado that he has behind closed doors, the very first time you see them, he actually works it out and like works out them hanging out. But then that was what was in his head. And then what actually happens is he doesn't talk to her. He doesn't press the button. Right. And then she's the one who has to say bye. And then he, he says bye. I did enjoy bye,
0: that. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, that's so, that is, I've been in that position myself. Like I know exactly how that feels. Just like the, I, I I should have said something. I didn't say something. Fuck. You know? <laughs> and, and then, and then of course at the end, uh, we'll, we'll just parlay this into the kiss. I think obviously the kiss of the film is there was a, there the was alligator.
0: an actual kiss. Yeah. Yeah. There was Sleepless
1: in Seattle. Yeah. Looking at you. Uh, <laughs> I still married you, looking at- but God damn it! I need a kiss. Yeah, and also looking at you. Uh, fuck. What other film? I think that was the only uh, one. there was another one that we did recently. Are you sure? Yes. Uh, mm, son remember. of a bitch. <laughs> I'm pulling up our listings. It's, I'm going to remember it. Uh,
0: um, Notting Hill. No, there was kissing that.
1: Oh, it happened one night. It happened one night. Looking at you. I mean, that's that's a little more
0: understandable more because
1: it was an, yeah, older it was an film,
0: old but film. But kiss- we I'm sure about onscreen kissing films- back then was like anal sex. Like that was just like.
1: But it wasn't. We we talked about how it was before the they started rating films.
0: Oh yeah, so they really didn't have an excuse.
1: Yeah, she shows her leg and all this. They could yeah, have never mind. I take it all back. Oh my Yeah, God. it happened one night. Yeah, looking at you. Yeah, looking at you too. Anyway. <laughs>
0: God.
1: But uh, I usually give my grade first and then you like agree with it usually. I want you to give the grade first no, this time. What did no, you think of the kiss uh, in that elevator?
0: Actually, the kiss was pretty solid. The kiss for right. me was actually the best part of the movie. Um, I would give it a solid, Ooh, I would give it a, an A minus. Holy shit. It was a really good kiss. I mean, like it was because it it was a little, it definitely didn't have the rom-com kiss vibe to it, but it was a good kiss, you know, like, uh, like the whole him leaning in and then pulling away and still talking and her continuing to lean in like that, that moment was going to be the rom-com kiss. They were going to both lean in and have this beautiful, passionate, romantic kiss. And it was going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. But then he pulls back and keeps talking and she's left there hanging. And then he finally cuts himself off and goes, fuck it goes in for it. Mm -hmm. And it's this amazing, real kiss like it's it's not as much as i love the rom-com romantic kiss Mm -hmm. that was a real life kiss that was a like externally talking out loud what you're thinking inside which is why the fuck am i holding back this is stupid i'm building this up for no fucking reason fuck everything i just want a kiss Mm -hmm. and you just go for it and and it turned out amazing and then she pulls away and oh but you know this and she has like the rom-com dialogue with it
1: yeah. like
0: well this i don't i don't even know you this is weird well fuck it and she goes into it. it it's it's equal parts they both have control of the situation they both are able to get themselves out of their own heads if you read yes. into it a little bit it actually is a good rom-com
1: kiss too yeah and it yes and like she confirms that the feeling is mutual with her own little dialogue and fuck it
0: yeah exactly exactly
1: and that's so important because that's consent like they're you know this isn't that's what yeah exactly that's what i meant by
0: they're both in control of the situation they're both Mm -hmm. like it's equal parts it's equal roles it's great yes
1: consent is huge with these with kisses um always get consent everyone um yes yes uh enthusiastic consent uh what's funny is that i just gave you shit for always like having the same grade as me but when i thought about this before you gave your grade i thought to myself i'm gonna give this an a (laughs) minus so we have the same grade again Um, i and yeah to you know you brought up a lot of great points for me, like, when I first watched this in theaters, um, I watched this with my dad because my dad would always laugh and enjoy these teen comedies as well. So whenever we'd hang out, he'd be the one who would take me to R-rated movies as my parental guardian. Um, so that's how I got to see American Pie. That's how I got to see, like, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That's how I got to see, like, the Jackass movies. Like, he was the guardian that would take me.
0: Nice.
1: Um, that's how I got to see The 40-Year-Old Virgin like it was with him um cuz he had to be 18 in Salem it couldn't it wasn't 17 it was 18 really? so yes uh
0: um, why wait wait just in I, Salem
1: yeah i don't know why wow um, okay nonetheless uh so i just remember watching this film in movieland 7 and like I mentioned all the other little ways that it was funnier than it should have been because of how it like, how deeper it was. And then I remember this kiss and just for me, loving rom-coms like I do, but also being a teen and enjoying a teen raunch fratty comedy. And then they throw in a perfect rom-com kiss with the fratty comedy. I was on Cloud Nine when I left the theater. I was like, holy shit, that was so great. Like, it was like they did that kiss so fucking well. And the big thing is right after that, I went on to iTunes and bought the song I Want to Get Next to You by Rose Royce after this film. (laughs) I found out what that song was that was playing and I fucking bought it on iTunes. That's how old I was. And I put that shit on my iPod uh it all worked it, it all worked and then it especially like after the romantic part and she leaves and and then he goes back to his apart or his uh apartment um and there's kumar waiting and he comes up with the great line did she touch your penis? Yeah. Like, just to break the romantic spell. Like, oh, just in case you were wondering, you're still watching a fratty comedy. This is still a male-centric, silly, stupid comedy. And we're going to go ahead and break the romance spell right now for you. Um, Oh, man. And, uh, yeah. And then the entire Helder Kumar series uh, goes downhill from there. Um, They made two sequels. I watched them both. Not nearly as good as the original uh, because they lose their depth and – just go for more gags. I can see that. Um, yeah. And just more outlandish gags and it doesn't quite work, but, uh, Harold and, Co- Harold and Maria do end up together, married and, uh, she's pregnant with their first child at the end of the third one. So, um, hmm. so yeah. So, I mean, so there is kind of a, what happens after ever after because they had two sequels. Uh, Yes, we both give the kiss an A minus. So then, that does does that Um,
0: inform your uh, verdict? Then,
1: I mean, the verdict's obvious. Like, I'd marry it. I, I mean, we could make stoner a stoner scale, and like, is this, um, I don't know, is this a, uh, (laughs) heck, I can't even think. Is this like sticks and stems, (laughs) seeds and (laughs) stems? Seeds and stems, uh, like the seeds and stems, or is this flower, or is it like I don't know, the good kush? We can come up, yeah. This is primo OG kush, whatever the fuck you want to call it. This is the finest batch of brownies or cookies that you could possibly make with weed. This is everything to me. I love this fucking film. I've watched it probably up to 20 times at this point in my life, and I'll continue to watch this throughout my life. Okay. What about you?
0: Uh, I, I, I don't hate it. <laughs> it's it's not bad. It, uh, this is the first time I've seen it inebriated, actually. Uh um, hey. I just I liked it more when I was younger, and for me mm-hmm. personally, it, it has not aged well. Um, yeah, and. I I I love the stuff that you pointed out about it. Like I had not read into it that way. Yeah. And now that you pointed out, I I like I, I love that it has that that those undertones to it. But I also don't get that, like at all. Yes. And until you pointed that out, the several times that I've seen it, never once fucking picked up on that. Yeah. So I think there's a lot better ways to do it. And I personally would kill it. But All right. I acknowledge that it's kind of one of those cult classics you do kind of need to see. So regardless of my rating, I would still advise others that you need to fuck it like you need to at least watch it once it's just <laughs> it's one of those things you at least got to see make your own opinion about it don't rely on ours certainly don't rely on mine necessarily but it's
1: if it, you can rely on mine everyone
0: it, it's definitely worth seeing um i i just personally I, I i i don't know i it did not resonate well with me at, at 32 i guess i have no fucking clue i love the kiss though like i love that scene (laughs) but the rest of it it's like yeah
1: eh, i had a few laughs but like yeah
0: i mean i could have also not just i could have just not seen it
1: that's totally fine i mean yeah i mean we've not to bring down the mood like you
0: we set up for a great mood here and i totally brought it down
1: no, no, no. We've talked off air about like how you still don't understand my views on Ten Things I Hate About You. So like That's true. I totally I I get where you're coming from on it. Like that's just it just didn't hit you yeah. right. It's like I that's that's the same way I feel about Ten Things I Hate About You. It just didn't hit me right the second time I watched it. I was just like, I don't like any of you. <laughs> like it's <so> good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no. we
0: did talk about like our different high school experiences too, which obviously fed into yeah. it a lot. So like, yes. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's I mean, if anything I, these ratings you know help us reflect on like how how life changes you as you grow up. Like Yes. Like, you know, the a lot of these movies, a lot of these movies we've seen before or especially the nostalgic ones, and we'll get into this in a few seconds when I we choose the next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh but Like a a lot of these nostalgic ones, like we remember watching at a certain period of our lives when we had the whole world at our feet and, and, you know, not saying we're fucking ancient now or anything, but like, you know, once, once you get out in the real world and you grow up a little bit, like your priorities change, your views change, your tastes change. It's, it's, you're still the same person, but at the same time, like it's kind of nostalgic going back and watching a lot of these. Mm hmm and seeing how you've held uh, the world has changed your, your views. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, should we tell uh, them what we're watching next?
1: Uh, yeah. Let's uh, well, before we do that, remember we're on social media, so you can find us on Instagram at Bromancing the stone podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at bro, the stone pod, uh, both of those DMs are open. If you have any, uh, we want to encourage everyone if you have any thoughts on any of the movies that we've covered so far, or if you have any funny stories related to a movie we've covered so far, or a movie we will cover in the future, feel free to share them. We will say them on air. So we're always on the, on the lookout for content. Uh, and you can even do that to my personal social medias as well. Uh, on Twitter, I am Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. That's S U P R Market Sweep. Um, and on Instagram, I am Relusa88. That's R E L U S A eight eight. And then Max on
0: Instagram, I'm the Lionhearted T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. Yeah, I, I think I think opening it up to, I want to hear what people have to think. Like we can sit here every week and and say what we think, but. I want to hear some other people's thoughts. And, and Renee and I have, have talked about eventually doing some sort of like little, you know, some sort of more interactive episode at some point where, you know, we, we you know, so feel free to, to write in your thoughts. Maybe tell us like a cute story or two. We always love that. Yeah, tell us your, you, your favorite uh, uh, first meeting yes, with your significant sure. other or your first kiss or something, you know, something, something like that.
1: Yeah, if you have a suggestion yeah. for a movie review, I mean, we got the next two set up. Uh, we'll talk about them here very shortly. But after those two, we're pretty much free for like ideas. So yeah. if you think a movie should be covered soon, let us know.
0: Should we set up a – do we need like a podcast? We probably should set up like a podcast email. But for now, just DM us.
1: Yeah. I, Reach out uh, to I us on
0: to, Twitter or Instagram.
1: I tried to, and then there was some weird stuff that ha- I fucked up, basically, and so um, <laughs> um, it didn't create. And I I have trouble creating now on Google. So if you want to try on your end, Max, feel free. I might. I might. Uh, but it like it basically kicks me out every time I try now. Um,
0: that's wow. I don't know okay, I that's dumb. I don't. I don't. Through Gmail. Um, yeah. Okay. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what I did anyway.
0: maybe yeah maybe we'll give that a shot till then till we have an email lockdown uh just yeah reach out to us on instagram or twitter just dm us i think both of our profiles are public right yeah Um, Uh,
1: my twitter's my twitter's public my Instagram's public and the uh show uh the show's dms are open
0: oh yeah yeah you can always go to the the show page too that makes even more sense (laughs) <laughs> um, and then,
1: uh, um, yeah. yeah, and then as far as uh, Max, you are choosing the next one that we're cho- we're gonna review next week on the twenty seventh, and then I've got one that we're gonna review on the fourth, and we're gonna release them both right now.
0: So, oh, we're gonna tell them both right now. Yeah,
1: let's do it. All right.
0: So for my pick next week, I'm gonna bring us back to for me it's a nostalgic film in the form of of course my favorite era of rom coms, the Ashton Kutcher era um so uh in the spirit of no strings attached which was i think one of the last ones uh from that era that we did uh i guess that was a newer one from that era i'm gonna choose a lot like love which is amanda pete and ashton kutcher yes
1: a a solid choice uh, one that i've seen once before and enjoyed um and one that my mom and my sister monica both love oh yeah uh yes so all right uh, chose well it should should be a good one to go through, and then um, I think that there's uh, kind of there's been a a renaissance of rom com on Netflix that we haven't discussed yet, um, and I think needs to get it shine at this point. The
0: streamable rom coms,
1: oh, yes, uh, but all, like Netflix originals,
0: yeah,
1: um, they've made a few rom coms on Netflix over the last two three years that and there's been a few that have kind of that've gotten actually like positive reviews and things like that and so i want to talk about the one that got the most positive buzz uh and that kind of started the whole uh started the whole netflix as a rom-com option um so the so basically may 4th is when it will come out we're going to review set it up uh that
0: was the that was the starter huh
1: yeah, that was kind of the first one that really got people's uh, people looking at it, like, and hmm. uh, there's okay. some positive reviews and, you know, things like that. Vulture had write-ups about it, all that sort of stuff. I can't so. say
0: I've ever seen it, so it'll be yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, so we're going to do Set It Up uh, on May 4th, uh, and then A Lot Like Love will be next week, April 27th so look out for those and then of course dms are open if you have suggestions for movies in the future um but yes so to the tens and tens of listeners we appreciate y'all <laughs> we love and y'all. Thank y'all and until next time stay blazed, bro <laughs> <laughs> all right bye
0: later